Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Thursday the 1st of August. Coming up, preparations for no-deal Brexit stepped up. We need to make sure that those roads going down to the ports are kept flowing. And if there are any hold-ups, we need to make sure people are going there with the, the right material, the right paperwork to get the export done. Father and son jailed for running modern slavery ring. And they're left in squalid conditions, being paid very little. We've been made to work in hard conditions for no reward or benefit. And huge rise in reports of puppy farms in Kent. They are not socialised properly, they're not given the right veterinary care that they need um, and they're not given the right start in life. Kent Online News. First today, the UK's ramping up preparations for a no-deal Brexit by setting aside an extra £2.1 billion. Chancellor Sajid Javid says government departments will use it to help with things like stockpiling medicines and running a public awareness campaign. It's also been revealed the Highways Agency will get new powers to keep freight moving through ports like Dover. Officials will be able to divert lorries off motorways if they're too busy and issue £300 fines to drivers who don't comply. Transport Secretary Grant Shapps has been speaking about it on Sky News. If we have a no-deal Brexit, not our chosen path, but if that's what happens, we need to make sure that that road, those roads going down to the to the ports, uh, are kept flowing. Uh, and if there are any hold-ups, perhaps because of things going on on the other side of the channel, we need to make sure people are going there with the the right material, the right paperwork uh, to get the uh, to get the export done. Um, so Operation Brock, as it's known, uh, will come into force uh, if there are any tailbacks. We want to make sure that we're working to ensure that the hauliers have got everything they need uh, to get through and if they haven't, manage that process. What we really want to do is make sure that no sort of fines, and you're right, there are, the new powers would be fines up to £300 and the ability to direct uh, vehicles to turn back or what have you. Actually, the, the objective is not to need to do any of that at all, uh, in part to, by raising awareness of what people will need, what the hauliers will need, uh, but in part to make this fairer for, you know, there are a lot of hauliers, a lot of British hauliers would be watching um, this, uh, and they'll be having everything in place, the right export papers and what have you, tracking down to Dover, say, for example, and then perhaps get frustrated because people in front of them, um, perhaps less familiar with the rules, uh, are not carrying the right paperwork to do the export. Uh, we want to make sure that the incentives are all there to have it right from the outset. This is not sort of an attempt to, you know, the more people you find, the better type of thing. It's simply saying, look, the powers are there, but actually, you know, let's just make this work and work for everyone, most of all the hauliers, and to keep Britain's goods moving. It's really about working together. Back in 2015, there were, I think it was strikes on the French side, and, uh, you know, there was an operation then, Operation Stack, people have heard of it, to, 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 to have the, the, the lorries sort of pile back. And I think quite a lot of the drivers said at the time, you know, it's frustrating because they were following the rules. Others were sort of darting off maybe via the, the side roads and trying to circumvent the, the queue. We just want a system that's fair for everyone. Ideally, we don't want any queues at all. So I should say, we're not actually going to proactively stop anybody at all. This only comes into force. The whole of Operation Brock and, and lorries parked anywhere, uh, side of the road or Manston Airport or wherever, that only comes into force if, in fact, there are delays. And if things are flowing perfectly well, you know, let's say that we, 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 we see the lorries are flowing through, no one's going to stop and check any of that um, paperwork. Because when they get to the port, if somebody doesn't have the correct export uh, paperwork, which is relatively straightforward stuff, this is not very complicated, actually. If they didn't have it, they'd end up being turned back anyway. Um, that in itself might be the thing which creates queues. But we're not going to stop anyone. 
Um, this will only happen uh, as and when the traffic is already stationary. We're in a very short consultation for this Operation Brock and we've already been speaking to some of them, but you're absolutely right. It needs to be completely clear what people require when they go to export and they're going down to the, the port. And what we're going to do is set up uh, information centres. We'll make sure that, uh, for example, and in the lead up to this, uh, we'll have from the Midlands uh, southwards things like uh, information for um, HGGV drivers at uh, truck stops or motorway service stations, place, places where they're likely to be, to sort of, are you ready? And this are you ready campaign is something that you're going to see everyone is going to see over the next few weeks. After three years, I think people are sick and tired of this Brexit thing not being gripped and sorted out. We are going to make sure that we leave on the 31st of October. We're going to make sure that people are as ready as they possibly can be. I can't rule out that there'll be some disruption in the process to making that happen. But I'm pretty certain that we will get this uh, in a place where goods will carry on um, flowing. We're taking all the necessary steps, including some of these extra powers to make sure that the goods can carry on flowing. This is exactly what people expect a responsible government to do under the circumstances. Uh, and you know, I hope we'll be able to look back and go, well, actually, good preparation, a bit like with you know, the year 2000 bug or uh, many other things which have uh, challenged us as human beings, I hope those things will, will take care of it, but you know, I, I'd much rather over-prepare and it not be needed than under-prepare and find ourselves caught out. Well, Rod McKenzie from the Road Haulage Association has also been on to give his reaction to it. There is some action happening on Brexit, and I suppose that's uh, something that's good after all the paralysis of inaction that we've had. But I think here we're in danger of putting the cart before the horse, and what I mean by that is this is an announcement about fines, punishment, for drivers who don't have the right paperwork. But what we need to be told, first of all, is what is the paperwork that they need to be correct? And that's the bit that's still missing. So put very simply, we're calling on the government to make it really clear what traders, what international hauliers have to do, what the paperwork is that is needed to get them safely across the channel. We agree, no one should be crossing the channel with incorrect paperwork, that would be wrong. But we need to be told what the paperwork is first. As things currently stand, uh, a, a lorry going between here and, let's say, France might have literally thousands of items in the back, all of which would currently, under a no-deal Brexit, require a separate form filled in for each of them. Now, that would take hundreds of uh, people, uh, hundreds of hours, literally, to process the contents of a single lorry. Now, that's not sensible. What we're calling for is a very simplified system, the sort of thing that the French are doing, which links the number plate of a lorry to its contents in a way that can be checked and verified if required. Otherwise, they're effectively operating as, if you like, trusted traders, to coin a phrase. We think that this sort of simplified procedure is, is needed. Um, uh, in terms of proposals, that's our proposal to the British government. We've not yet heard back from them on that. We have a, a whole list of suggestions we have for making uh, cross-channel trade work a lot better. And a lot of it is about investment in people, in training, crucially, and in simplification. Because without those things, we risk ending up being cold, hungry and naked. And that's because everything we get comes on the back of a lorry. A lot of it comes through Calais Dover. Uh, and we simply wouldn't have the things, the clothes to wear, the food to eat, uh, and the uh, wherewithal to build houses if we don't have lorries moving relatively freely on that crucial route.
if there is a no-deal Brexit, which is, was never our preferred option, it's not business's preferred option, but if we get there, we must have a simplified system that everyone can follow and everyone can understand and people don't end up breaking the law unnecessarily because we haven't been told. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, a coroner says neglect contributed to the death of a 47-year-old man at a care home in Ashford. Paul Chin died of sepsis at Woodchurch House in November 2015 after he was mistakenly noted as bedbound and given a catheter he didn't need. An inquest has heard he didn't leave his room once in the 10 months he lived there. The care homes say they've made improvements since his death and will consider the coroner's findings. A man's been arrested after a woman was violently attacked in Tunbridge. Police were called to River Lawn Road on Tuesday night after she was repeatedly hit by a man. A 26-year-old who's thought to know the victim remains in custody. Officers are keen to speak to another man and woman who saw what happened. A father and son are starting a total of 13 years behind bars today after being found guilty of running a modern slavery ring in Dover. The 48- and 26-year-olds were convicted after a trial that lasted three months at Canterbury Crown Court. Christina's been finding out more from Detective Inspector James Derham. This case really concentrates on an organised crime group which has come to the country from the Czech Republic and then brought vulnerable people over from Prague who were living on the streets, some were alcohol dependent, some had minor criminal records and they used that against them to exploit them and bring them across on the promise of better life, on a better lifestyle, when in actual fact that was used against them. They were left in squalid conditions, being paid very little and being made to work in hard conditions for no reward or benefit. So yeah, in terms of the conditions they were living in, they were really, you know, quite cramped, just not you know, decent living conditions at all, were they? No, if you think of a four-bedroom house, a small four-bedroom house, that house had 18 men living in it, with little running water, without a great deal of food in the house at all, where they were made to live on just very, very little and then have to work 12 to 24-hour shifts at the tile factory. So, obviously, a lot of these men were brought from abroad. How did you kind of get alerted to it? Because, obviously, you know, they can't really speak English, they're quite isolated over here. I think that's a really important point. We really do look to the communities to really come forward with information because, very much so, this group hid these workers from the public eye. These people were made to work in horrible conditions. They didn't have a lot of money, they couldn't go out and about, and they had no ability to speak English, so therefore very little communication. What really gave us the advantage with this case was that someone came forward, gave us that little bit of information which meant we could engage with partners and do a really collaborative approach to sort of bring these people before the courts as we have done today. So in terms of, you know, the trial itself was quite long, but I take it the investigation was quite long as well because of the difficulties, you know, from people coming from abroad? Yeah, there's been a significant amount of work put into this investigation, both from Kent Police, from our partners at Europol and with the Czech Police Force. But it really meant, from the serious and all crime point of view, for the last 14 months, it's been a very, very heavy works on investigation with the officers in that unit. So, obviously, you know, since in Dunstay, they got 13 years. You know, what's Kent Police's view on that? Do you think it, it's, you know, substantial amount? Looking at the Modern Day Slavery Act and looking at the recent sentences passed in other stated cases in the last couple of years, I'm happy with those results. I think it actually reflects the seriousness of the offence and also with the trafficking orders put in place to stop these people doing it again. I'm really happy the court recognised that today. And, you know, seeing this type of crime, obviously, it was a really complex case and, you know, it's been going for more than a decade. You know, is this a real problem here in Kent? I think we've got to recognise there is the problem there. Um, it's become really to the forefront, I think, in people's minds, in the partners' minds, in the police's minds, really this issue that there is there. But we really need the community to help us. If they see anyone who they think has been exploited, living in slavery conditions, really they think something's not quite right there, 
please call Kent Police on 101 or equally if you don't feel happy to do that call Crime Stoppers and give that information so it can really give us that lead to inquiry because like I say these people were held in conditions where they didn't have the opportunity to be able to reach out for help and it really would be someone passing by who could give that bit of information that would help with this sort of inquiry. Kent Online News. 450 jobs could be at risk as a Canterbury steel firm is on the brink of administration. John Parker and Son, which started out in 1904, is the largest steel stockholder and processor in the UK and has a large depot on the Maybrook Retail Park. They sent a letter out to suppliers and say they have the support of their bank. Works now underway on installing anti-terror bollards in Canterbury city centre. It's costing more than £700,000 to put over 100 of them in the streets to stop vehicles being used to target pedestrians. Some roads will be closed over the next few months while the work's done. We've got all the details at kentonline.co.uk. New figures show the number of reports of puppy farms in Kent has gone up by more than 700% in a decade. Last year there were 217 calls to the RSPCA's emergency hotline compared to just 25 in 2008. Amy Ockleford from the charity has been telling us more. Puppy farming is the um, intensive breeding of puppies um, for financial gain. So this is where um, unscrupulous breeders will breed puppies um, without their health and welfare as a priority um, just so they can make a quick buck. And these dogs, the ones that are used for breeding and the puppies are often kept in really, really awful conditions conditions. Um, They are not socialised properly, they're not given the right veterinary care that they need um, and they're not given the right start in life. So often these puppies are sold to unsuspecting members of the public who end up with a puppy that can be very, very poorly or can have really, really serious um, behavioural issues. So we're really trying to raise awareness um, and make sure that the public, if they're considering getting a puppy, either think about rescuing from a rescue centre or go about sourcing a puppy in a responsible way. We know that lots of families think about getting puppies um, at the beginning of the summer holidays um, and obviously getting a dog is such a wonderful addition to our family and, and we can totally understand why people want to do so um, but it's really concerning that actually a lot of these dogs are coming from really really poor welfare conditions and I think members of the public buying puppies would be really really shocked to see the conditions that these dogs are kept in um, so we're really just saying um, make sure you are extremely cautious if you're looking to buy a puppy or even better please visit your local rescue centre and give a rescue dog a second chance at a new life. There's um, a really big market for puppies. Um, The price of puppies is astronomical these days. Um, For certain designer, fashionable breeds and crossbreeds, families can be paying upwards of a £1,000. And I think the demand for certain breeds has surged so much in recent years that the responsible breeders are really struggling to keep up with the demand. And that's created a window for unscrupulous breeders to really seize on that and cash in on it. So um, a lot of people can see this as an easy way to make money. And they also know that the penalties if they're caught are relatively low under the Animal Welfare Act. So that's why we're really pleased that the government has introduced new licensing around breeding and selling of dogs and that the government's also looking to increase the maximum penalty under the Animal Welfare Act. So people who are caught doing this could actually face five years in prison as opposed to six months, which is what the current maximum is. I think there's been a lot of work um, done around the puppy trade and really trying to raise awareness of this problem. Um, And I think people are a lot more aware of it now. So I 
I think that could explain um, one of the reasons why we've seen the um, reports going up so considerably. I think people are a lot hotter on it now. And if they see something they're concerned about on social media or on the internet or even in person, they're much more likely to know what to do. Um, Also, similarly, I think um, the campaigns um, and the use of social media in this area has boomed so much in the last decade that that's also probably triggered more calls to us. Um, But I think ultimately... Year on year, the trend we are seeing is this is becoming more and more of a problem But as more people turn to the internet to find things to buy. And I think this is only going to go on in the future. So that's why it's really important that we try and crack down on it now and really try to educate the public. It's really worrying to think that the numbers could continue to go up. Um, and what's even more worrying is thinking how many of those issues go unreported to us and how many dogs are left to suffer um, in these sorts of circumstances. So that's why we'd really urge people that if they do see anything that concerns them, they should walk away and they should contact the RSPCA or contact the local authority. Kent Online reports. Firefighters have been called to a block of flats near Gravesend eight times in the space of a week. Last week, crews put out two blazes in the base of the bin chute at the hive in Northleet, both of which are thought to have been arson. Three other times they were called when the fire alarms were set off deliberately for no reason. A pensioner's ended up in court after arming himself with a rolling pin before confirming confronting children who were throwing snowballs at his home near Dover. A fight broke out when it happened in Whitfield last March. The 72-year-old admitted possessing an offensive weapon and has been given a conditional discharge, which means he'll be sentenced if he commits any other offences. Now, after several delays, the opening date's been revealed for a new Aldi store in Kent. Millions of pounds has been spent on building the supermarket on the Kengate Industrial Estate in Hythe, which will have 75 parking spaces and employ 50 staff. We now know it'll be opening on Thursday the 26th of September. The old shop in the High Street will also close on the same day. Kent Online Sport. Cricket and Kent will look to make it five wins from five when they travel to take on Middlesex in the T20 Blast tonight. The Spitfires have been unbeaten in the competition so far this season and are currently top of the South Group. Meantime, a number of big names in golf are in Kent over the next few days. The Stasure PGA Seniors Championships is taking place at London Club in Ash near Brands Hatch. Former winning Ryder Cup captain Colin Montgomery is among those taking part. And finally today, two 10-week-old kittens have been rescued after being found abandoned in a cardboard box with no food or water near Dartford. A dog walker discovered them in a bush in Swanley last month and they were taken to Battersea's Brands Hatch Centre. They've been named Novak and Raphael after the tennis stars. You can see a video of them playing in our story online. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.